Amen. Join me in prayer as we enter our message time here at Elevating Life Church. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for the gift of loyalty and the sacred bond of marriage. Help us to prioritize and, and nurture loyalty in all of our relationships. Give us the strength to remain faithful and steadfast. Even when we face challenges and, and temptations in our lives. May our commitment to loyalty reflect your love and faithfulness. Your love, may your loyalty reflect our love and faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe see it. Kind of teared up there for a second. Sorry, but good stuff. <laughs> wow, it's good to see everybody. Wow, everybody's spread out. We got we got the uh, good. We got the Southern Baptists over here. We got the Northern Baptists and got the backseat Baptists. Uh, and so it's good to see. It's good to see everybody. It is so wonderful. My goodness, somebody shrunk my jacket. What happened here? Uh, too many picnics and Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Jesse, what do you think? All right, it is good to see you. Uh, if you're wondering who I am, my name is uh, Drake. I'm the senior pastor here at Elevating Life Church. And let me say welcome to our guests. We're so thrilled you've decided to be with us today. We, we, we don't take light of that. We, just, we, we love you coming here, so thank you. Regular attendees, and uh, welcome. And of course, welcome to our membership. And uh, there's a special place in my heart for membership because I think most realize it's the, the membership, the family here allows us to meet week after week and worship and, and really uh, get Jesus' movement going right here in Morgan County. So welcome uh, to you and welcome to everyone. All right, we're going to jump right into our message today. So turn in your Bible, if you would, please, to Matthew chapter 19. We're out of Matthew 18 now. We've been there for five weeks. We're now in Matthew 8, or excuse me, 19. I've been saying that for five weeks, right? Uh, 19, Matthew 19 to begin our message that I've titled this morning, Big People Are Loyal to the Master. Who's with me? Let me say that again. Big people are loyal to the Master. And we've got to hear that. We've got to get that into our heart so that we truly can understand what loyalty is, first and foremost, to God, and then everything else will fall into place in all of your relationships with loyalty. So today what I want to do is I want to bring... Awareness to Jesus' command, Matthew 19, known as honor marriage. And, and by embrace, let me say this, by embracing and applying this teaching of Jesus to our lives, we can develop the virtue or, or the Christ habit in who we are of loyalty. Which then properly, when properly understood and applied, will, and this is so important, will forgive the toxic habits of infidelity and disdainfulness. We're going to talk a little bit about what that is. So there's a reason we're leaning into these teachings of Christ, so that we can develop these habits that will then honor Christ and glorify God, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So first and foremost, let me just kind of touch on a couple of words I used there. And most of us understand what infidelity is. Uh, there's not a person under the fall who has not been cheated on one way or the other. And so, even intuitively, we know what infidelity is. 
And infidelity refers to the act of being unfaithful and being, uh, on the other side of the coin, being disdainful. Uh, typically, what happens with this being disdained, if you will, uh, what happens is uh, it manifests itself, this habit, uh, as an adverse judgment against others. So if you've ever been cheated on, it's easy to fall into the other side of infidelity where you are now what is known, you have this habit known as disdainfulness. And this is where anger, resentment, and bitterness builds up in a person. And they become almost snobby about it because they're the loyal ones, if you will, and, and they look down on everybody else who's not loyal. Are you with me? Uh, and we've got to understand we have a balance. We've got to get in tune with Christ because if we do not, we'll miss the mark every time. And being in tune, no matter where you're at, in, in this conversation, in this teaching, you've got to understand the loyalty of Christ. And what that means first, have that vision of God. And I promise, again, the loyalty will fall into place. It will be cultivated, and you will develop into a person that is Christ-like, which is our responsibility. Now, I think we know this. Loyalty is simply defined as the state of, or fact of being honest and upright. And I'm going to say this, once you're there, uh, you're a person that's going to be incapable of being corrupt. That's what we're after. And so we should be constantly, through our, our teachings uh, of Christ, through gaining those principles of God, through the love of God, God the Father, we ought to be constantly developing these types of traits with our focus today on loyalty. Also, let me say this. Loyalty can be defined as the quality of, of course, being loyal, which refers to a strong sense of faithfulness, commitment, and devotion to someone or something. Now, we know this. Many people are loyal to their cars, something. There's many people that are loyal, loyal Excuse me, to their, their dogs, more than they are in the relationship of humanity. And there's, I get it, you can rationalize that, there's a reason for that. But that's not our role and responsibility, is it? Our role is to fulfill the great commandment, love God and love your neighbor as yourself, who's with me. And so it's so important that we understand, last week's message, which was on forgiveness, isn't it interesting that Jesus put this systematic teaching in place? Now we have uh, this loyalty discussion after forgiveness. It needed to happen that way, didn't it? And so here we are today uh, with that. So with loyalty um, unveiled here, let's go to where this teaching resides from. And then from there, what we're going to do, we're going to go to the book of Philippians to understand loyalty in a unique, and, and Harry shared this, in a fun way. We're going we're to have some fun today uncovering some uh, personality traits or habits, if you will, in a way that actually was brought out by Paul, the Apostle Paul first, and several other preachers, which I'll mention here in a second. But before we do that, let's go to where our command resides in Scripture. Matthew 19, 4 through 6. Jesus, as we have been on the journey with Jesus and the Apostle, uh, is now leaving the region of Galilee. We'll be there next year if you're going on uh, the Israel trip, which Jesse's going to be talking about in, in, a, in a few hours. No, <laughs> after the message. <laughs> uh, but uh, 
here where he's Jesus has left uh, the Galilee region. He's now in Judea region. That's and, and he's getting closer to Jerusalem. And of course, he's been with his uh, his apostles. You've been with me for the last five weeks. You know we've been on this road trip, right? Now Jesus is kind of splitting off, and and uh, what happens? Sure enough, bunch of Pharisees, bunch of religious. Can we call them kooks? Religious zealots who think they, they're all that in a bag of Doritos with the Mountain Dew on the side. Approach. You haven't heard that in a couple of years. <laughs> and so, uh, so we're, we're walking into this conversation. And here's the Pharisees asking Jesus the question. And he says this, Haven't you read? He replied, Jesus replied to the, the, the uh, Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees, excuse me. Uh, haven't you haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, back to Genesis 1 and 2, the Garden of Eden. Yeah, radio season. That at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And, and, and the two will become one flesh. Notice the formula. It's one times one, right? One times one times one equals what? One times one times, do that of, to infinity and beyond. Use a corollary reference. What is that? Yeah, here's the problem in our day and age. We've, we don't understand that formula anymore. In our perspective, we're flying upside down. Our formula is one plus one plus one. We went around uh, the room today, a thousand people here today. That's what they think on Facebook. It would be difference. Nothing wrong with identifying somebody's differences. Wonderfully weird. That's what my book is all about, my work. But the problem is when you're flying upside down, you don't have the proper... Are you with me? I'm so... We have the formula upside down, don't we? It's one times one times one. When we figure that out, loyalty will fall into place. And so here Jesus is actually talking to the Pharisees. They know the Torah. They know the Old Testament. They know the five books of Moses. And he's just bringing this back to them. And so for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and he will uh, unite with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Flesh, one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. What God has brought together, let no one separate. Here, uh, it focuses on the husband and wife union, relationship. And Jesus is just bringing it to their reality. However, the last thought here, that last, therefore, that God has Join together, let no one separate. This last thought expands the union to all unions under God. Notice what he did. They, he went to the selfish side of people. Your relationship, I know you know what infidelity is. I know what, you, you know what disdainfulness is uh, in, in, in that sense. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. He brings us to God, the vision of God. Now I promise you, if there's no vision of God where Jesus is bringing them here, where there's no vision, the people what? 
Do we have relationships being gone? And I'm talking about in the church. Listen, folks, we've got to understand where there's no vision of God, you will perish. It's a promise. Now, I hope that fear of God is in you because that's what we should be after, the fear of not putting the vision of God in place where then we can then understand where we're at and incrementally, step by step, incrementally get closer to that eternity. If that vision is gone, I promise you, your anger, your resentment, your bitterness will take you sooner or later. Are you with me? This is exactly where God, uh, or Jesus is bringing us. Therefore, what God joined together. Are we joined together in God today? Our families joined together in God. Ought to be. And I can name all the relationships. Whatever God has joined together, let no one separate. This makes sense because does Jesus only want us to be loyal in one of our relationships under his authority? And, or, or does he want us to be loyal in all of them? Every one of them. Thank goodness I have some loyal friends. Thank goodness I have a loyal wife. Thank goodness I have loyal churchmen. Thank God we just can go on, can't we? There's nothing better. It's put in place properly how God designed it. Now, one thing we need to understand here, when it comes to loyalty and faithfulness, one thing we must understand before we move on to where I want to go with the, with the puppy dogs I'm going to talk about in a moment, is remember the command, love your enemy? That was way back in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the yeah, it actually wraps Matthew chapter 5 up with that. Um, we gotta under, I don't think we understand this command. I'm not talking about observing our own reality right here. But love your enemy is, it means to love all human beings. All human beings are created in the image of God. I didn't say they're in the will of God. I didn't say they're connected in relationship. But all people are created in the image of God. People are not your enemy, period. Not in this church, nowhere in the world. But we go around in, in that disdainfulness, and we hate people. I hear people talking all the time. And we have to understand our enemy is not the other human being. Jesus, as, as we will see in Paul's writings here in a second, wants his communities, the church, and the people in the church, to know that they're, what they're, who the real enemy is. And again, it's not the other human. So who then is our enemy? I want to clear this up today. Bro. And this should be radically powerful for you. Because we have to know the enemy. Where's my Marines and my Army guys? You've got to know the enemy. You don't know it, you're just a greasy rag in, in Jesus' army. Who then is our enemy? Let me give it to you. Our enemy is the larger social, economic, political, educational, and religious forces that govern and shape the human experience 
through the world's principles and powers. Are you with me? That means you have these different sectors in the world that want your mind so they can get the belief in you, to get you that, that ideology, if you will, to get you uh, into a worldview other than the divine world. And they're going to do everything. So, yes, we are, we are the vehicle, but it's those beliefs, it's those worldviews that we have to be so aware of or they're going to take the children. And they have. But there's still a remnant of us. So don't lose hope. There's too many Christians who fall under the forces of the social culture that we live in. There's too many Christians where the powers of economics are driving your life over love of God. There's too many Christians who believe in education. In fact, education is now an idol in our culture in, in America. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with education, but the problem is it's now the God. Our primary focus in this battle that we have with others, is to learn how to be good communicators, not good educators. Are you with me? We're teaching too many people how to be educators when we ought to be, first and foremost, teaching them how to be a communicator through the grace and truth of Jesus. And we have to get back to that because those are that is our enemy. It's the forces. Uh, Paul talks about the power and the principalities in the book of Ephesians. Those forces, those beliefs, those worldviews and everything I share are attacking us daily. We have to get, first and foremost, God, God's love, understand, love your enemy. And then we've got to get the clothing of Christ, the attire, the habits of Christ in us. And then where we're going in the next couple of years, in the next couple of years, excuse me, is the armor of God. So that then we have the skill set, the ability to fight. God. For God is what I meant. Thank you. Except in my old world habits. So again, our enemy is the larger social, economic, political, and religious forces that govern and shape human experience. Young people, be very aware of that. Parents, be aware of We are to be shaped, hold it, through the grace and truth. Now Jesus... Might go over a little bit. Let me let me pause here. We're going to go somewhere here, and I really want to get to something. We might run over. Our the expectation to have you out of here by eleven thirty, and I'd already talked to Carrie. So listen, if we go over today, that's a variable, right? Yeah. But let me give you the permission. If you need to leave, you're not going to offend us at eleven thirty, because I, I do believe we're going to go a little. Okay. Uh, and so. I want to get out of here as quick as I can. I got to drive to North Dakota after I'm done. Uh, so I'll, I'll 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 get get it done. But there's some things I just want to get get to you today, uh, and especially the teenagers in here. They're going to help me out tremendously. So let me say this: with that, with understanding who our enemy is, Jesus, Paul, myself, and many others uh, are about the new humanity, developing God's kingdom in the here and now, not tomorrow. So that is then, what I mean is expanding a corporate body, 
church and, and individuals within that church to develop, of course, the love, character, and the movement of God needed to be shaped by the Holy Spirit for a new kind of interaction and relationship. The people, instead of forming, can I put it this way? Instead of forming and shaping them with the dog spirit of this world. Let me say, there's a huge difference between the Holy Spirit and the dog spirit. And unfortunately, you know, we have a lot of dog spirits in the church. It's not hard to observe people, and I'm not here to judge, but I am here to move God's church forward. And I'm not really doing it. Paul's going to do it. We're going to see something here. So what I want to do is... (laughs) And this is going to be a tricky message because I don't want you to think of other people. It's going to be hard not to think of yourself first. But what I want to do for the rest of our time together is I want to, let's kind of look at loyalty, where it sits in the sense of, does, does a person have a dog spirit or the Holy Spirit? Because if you can identify those different areas, those habits, those dispositions that we tend to develop because of the forces of evil, we have somewhere to adjust. So let's take quickly, where, where am I coming? So when I, when I was putting this together on Monday, putting this all together and forming it, the word loyalty, and of course, what comes to mind when, when you think of loyalty, it, it, the dog kept coming back to my mind. How do I teach loyalty? And so because we, we do love our, our pets, our dogs, I thought this would be so much fun. So, but let me bring to you where Paul is doing the same thing as just doing it relevant to his moment. So let's look at, uh, the dog spirit, what, what I'm talking about through Paul's words. Philippians 3.2, you, you know this scripture. Paul says this, watch out for those, what's the next word? Let's say it all together on three dogs. One, two, three. Watch out for those dogs, those evil doers, those mutilators of the flesh. Watch out for those dogs. We've got to give credit where credit is due. I would encourage you to write this down, his name. B.W. Smith Sr. Uh, He marched and preached with Martin Luther King back in the 60s. And he actually preached a message called Watch Them Dogs. He did a remarkable job. If you go are in the habit of going to YouTube, just type in his name and put Watch Them Dog. And you're going to see uh, a, a church that is in the spirit, and they're just having so much fun with this. We're not going to get there today. I don't know if you notice. I'm not of the same color. A little bit different there. One times one, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Boy, do they have a spirit. I'd encourage you to go and watch uh, that message after you listen to this today. So, But here, the Apostle Paul, the speaker, and writer of our text warns the faithful Christians. Raise your hand if you consider yourself a faithful Christian. This message is for you. So he warns the faithful Christians at the church in Philippi to beware of false teachers and false prophets who are always barking like a dog against the principles of which the gospel was founded. Do we know anybody like that? Paul called them evil workers. He's talking about in the church. We need to examine ourselves. Paul called them evil workers because they're always growling with the dog spirit instead of shouting with the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? 
Come on, let's bring the Spirit. Let's, let's bring Smith's Spirit back a little bit. On three, everybody say amen. One, two, three. Amen. There you go. There's the Holy Spirit, not the dog Spirit. Some of you are still growling. I heard you. Again, Paul called these people evil workers. And again, Paul warns the faithful and loyal Christians to watch these church fighters or dogs in the church. Church fighters go around, uh, again, like a dog, barking at all the good things that are happening, good works of Jesus happening in the church. They just barking around, yap, 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 bark, 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 bark. He warns them, warns us to beware of those dogs. Now these false teachers Paul is talking about are people of evil spirit rather than people with good spirit. And they're not hard to identify. Your spirit barks louder than you realize. Or the Holy Spirit expands more than you realize. So for the rest of our time together, we're going to look at what a dog spirit looks like. Now in the Bible, in the Old Testament, there's always, uh, I think you, you realize that there's many animals that are used to kind of uh, to give us an understanding of what habits are in people, right? Uh, I mean, good night, the first animal we see or crazy thing we see is in the Garden of Eden is what kind of animal? Hey, so understand symbolism, metaphors, analogies, they're there for a reason. And that's exactly what Paul is doing. So in our text, in, Paul characterizes these hypocrites in the church as dogs and evil workers. And so with that, <laughs> what we're going to do is we have a panel of dogs that we want to bring up. Uh, if you will, bring that up, Heather. Uh, and there are different types of dogs. You see it? Here it is up here. Now, I want you to look at these because we're going to kind of discuss each dog. And let's go through them to understand the different types of dog spirits in the faith and in the church today. So someone, um, loudly, uh, someone shout, shout, this is going to be your, it's, it's, it's uh, the popcorn effect. Somebody yell at a dog and I'll, I'll get, let me see if I can get to that dog spirit uh, for you. So someone shout out which dog you'd like me to uncover. Spitz dog. Bulldog. What's that? Got to be up here. <laughs> the yappy dog. That's the yappy dog. My goodness, I got all so many choices. Okay, let's, let's start with the yappy dog since you went there, okay? What, what type of dog was that? Yeah, it's a yappy dog. That's what we call it. Okay, sorry. To, I don't want to offend you, but um, you, you are at Elevating Life Church now. Uh, <laughs> is that kind of what it is? What looks like that a little bit? This dog up here kind of looks like that. No, I know, but it's a smaller dog. I, let's not get into details here. We're staying general. Yeah, yes, okay. Well, let me share what a yappy dog looks like in the church. This dog is just good for Noise. Yakety yak 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 yak. These people just walk around. <laughs> you guys are relating way too much. Think of yourself. Don't think of other people here. But this dog is yakety yak yak yak. 
I heard a story about a man who had a yappy dog. He lived next door to a man who had a big Doberman venture. And every morning, the dog with the Doberman would walk his dog past the house where the man lived with the little yappy dog. And the little yappy dog, yakety yak dog, if you will, knew his master was in the habit of locking the gate on the way out. So every morning as this dog walked by, this, this yakety-yak dog would run down off the porch, right down, and hit the gate, and just run along the fence and the gate. Just yappity-yap-yap to this dog. Every morning this would happen. The dog would come by. Here comes that little fella again off. Well, praise God. One morning, his master, the little yappy dog's master, forgot to walk. And as you would have it, as the man came by with his big Doberman, here came that little yappy dog running. Down the walk, hitting the gate, and the gate swung wide open. The big dog now said, I've been waiting for this moment. He proceeded to give that little fellow good one, Smith. He turned him every way but when he finally let him go, the Dumberman pitched and let, let the yappy dog go. The little dog, of course, was so happy. He just limped all the way back to the porch. Sat down. Wiped his brow as to say, Who in the hell left the door? There are a lot of folks in church who raised a million dollars worth of hell. Yep, 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 yep. When the gate is locked. I dare you to open the gate. They don't know anything about it. You watch them. So you watch them. Amen? Yappity dog. Uh, we had another one. Uh, what was it? Another one. We got the Spitz and the Bulldog. Let's go with the hound dog. Well, we, so I got all these. I'd love to hit them all, but you know we only have so much time. Uh, let's let's talk about the hound dog. Yeah, you should be thinking of, of Elvis Presley at this point. But let me say this: there's several types of uh, hound dogs. First, you have the bloodhound, right? How many of you have seen the um, uh, the movie Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Yeah, yeah, y'all have. I see your faces, right? Mark once if you've seen it. You got it's, the, it's the Holy Spirit, not the dog spirit. It fell right into it. <laughs> but if you've seen that movie, of course, what, what is what, there's this evil character, right? He's known as the devil with his blood. In. And, and yes, we have some bloodhounds in the church. People with a bloodhound instinct, if you will, for uncovering scandal. 
in other folks' lives. Please with me. They find out who's going with whom, especially in the church. They search other people's garbage cans uh, when you leave for work. You know these type of people. Looking for beer cans and scotch bottles. <laughs> no, these blood ass. These dogs sit up all night looking through their Venetian blinds. I always think of Bewitch, right? That neighbor. Trying to see who's coming in and out of your house. These are the people in the church. You go to them, they go to people and ask something about somebody. They ask, hey, do you know about this gossip about this person or this or that? And they'll say this every time. I, I, I don't know, but give me till Tuesday and I'll get back with you. Uh, when I get back from, you know, from the life group on Tuesday, um, uh, and, and I'll, I'll get that information. I'll get back with you. People hang out at Arby's. That's the first hound dog. Of course, the second hound dog is what I call the Elvis Presley hound dog. This, fo uh, this dog has no focus, meaning they can't catch nothing. You talk to them about their doctrine, about their salvation, they're all over the place. One day they could be a Christian. Well, maybe I'll be a Buddhist this, this week, or, or, or yet, yeah, maybe I'll be Jewish. Uh, and we're all over the place. They can't catch what they need to catch to get focus. Now, let me bring it a little closer. In the Christian faith, these are the people who can't decide if they're Presbyterian, Baptist, uh, Methodist, uh, you know, anti-Baptist, whatever. They're all over the place. And as the song reads and sings, what's the song? You ain't nothing about... Amen. Boy, I tell you what, we have a lot of hound dogs in the faith and in the church. Are you with me? You guys okay? Want to do a couple more? All right, I got to pick this one. I, I got to go because I don't want to miss this one. Jesse, you're going to help me here. Jesse has no idea what's coming. The next dog I want to talk about is the show dog. Show dog. Yeah, you, you all know the annual show dog show, national dog show on Thanksgiving. This is the church member, the person in the faith. I guess you can use uh, a poodle dog would be similar, this type of dog. Would they walk in with all their fanciness? With the, you know, and, and they want to. It is people come at, at, at in our church 1030. They'll walk in the door making sure everybody will see them. Because they're going to show off new nails. They're new, whatever they had done. They also, uh, these are the people that come to the church all the time. It's like They got new stuff all the time. And they're going to show you all of their stuff. Now, you're like, where does Jesse come in? Look at those eyelashes. You know those aren't real. <laughs> no, that's not where he comes in. 
That's not the point, but here's the point. Jesse and I, a few years back, we went to the DR. Anybody know the DR? Medica? We went there, and it was a great trip, but on the way back, uh, we're coming back home. We are sitting in the airport, and I need him here because he's going to verify all of this. We're sitting there, and all of a sudden, we're, we're sitting there, and all of these wheelchairs with victims, it looked like, are, are being rolled in. I'm serious. It was crazy. You know where I'm going? And you're like, Jesse and I are going, was there a, was there a bomb that went off? Why is all these people in a wheelchair? Were they not? And they're, I'm like, oh my goodness. Now, I didn't really think about it. But then we got on the plane, and they boarded our plane. We're like, and, there, and there's people, women, bandaged up here, here, here. And I'm like, Jesse and I, we're beside ourselves. What's going on? So they bring him in. They put a donut on the chair. They, didn't they? There's one lady. We're sitting right here. She's right here. And we're curious. And there's one lady. She's all bandaged up. I mean all bandaged up. Here, here. I'm like, what in the world's going on? What don't we know? Well, she told me, um, the DR is where you want to go if you want plastic surgery for half the price. And there's some famous doctor over there. I mean, there's so many. I'm like, are you kidding me? And she, she, we were listening to her. We we're asking questions. And she was a Christian too. And, and so I was looking at all of this going. She had, uh, you know, Botox done. She had uh, liposuction. She had uh, this tucked and this snipped. And, but she, you, could, you could not recognize her. She was kind of mean too, the one we were talking to. And I was talking to her and I was like looking at her. And, and my curiosity, I didn't do this, but I wanted to, Jess, and we didn't do it. I'm looking at her going, well, how ugly were you? <laughs> I was like, good night. All of that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Jesse, can I get a witness? <laughs> I swear, we can't make this stuff up. <laughs> so, <laughs> huh. That's a show, dog, and we, we have people in the church like that, and that's their priority. And God bless them, and I do, I appreciate them. But at the same time, we've got to get our priorities. Because I was curious, I didn't ask her how much it was, but they said something like half price. But that has to cost, you know, nearly fifty, thirty thousand. Okay, you go to the DR, you're throwing, you know, fifteen grand at the doctor there. Uh, good night. And they said a day surgery too. I was like, good night. Yeah. Let's see if American Baptists, we can get a group where, like we did going to Israel. We all go get, we can all become show dogs right now. <laughs> so my point is, watch out for them show dogs. Again, there's nothing wrong. I appreciate my wife doing her nails, and look, but come on. Let's not make it our idol. Let's not make it our God. Be it with our, our, ourselves, or with others, and with our material stuff, because we're here to truly develop the kingdom of God and get the resource and help others so that they can experience, well, maybe moments like this that we can laugh a little bit. Amen? All right, I have a lot more. You want me to do one more or are we good? You want me to keep going? All right, I'll do one more. Okay, you guys, you guys if you need to leave, we get it because it's going to run over for sure. Uh, and thank, thank you, team, for your flexibility. Man, Okay, let me do 
a mad dog, and then I want to do a watchdog. A mad dog is simple. This is the Christian. <laughs> you ever mean, I mean, I don't have to say anything. We know members like this right here. You walk in the church and they're mad about everything. They're mad you're sitting in my chair. You're, yeah, you're mad because you didn't sing enough hymns. You're mad because you didn't, you, John, you, you kind of were off today. Didn't mad about everything and everybody. Why are you so mad? This is kind of like a bulldog too walking around. You didn't do what I wanted. Mad dog, right? You have a dog spirit? Now, I, I, this one is, is a, I don't, hey, listen, there's a lot of Christians that are mad. Now, okay, you can play the game for a couple hours. Let's go home and see if you're a mad dog. Teenagers, teenagers, give me some barks. Come on. Okay, where's my Marine? Give me some barks, Marine. Help out these teenagers. There you go. Come on, teenagers. Come on, teenager, give me a bark. Give me a bark. Come on. Don't be mad. Give me a bark. <laughs> Feel the love, brother? Now, teenagers, listen to me. Look at me, teenagers. Every one of you got this message Friday night. You should be with me. Where's my bark? Come on. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. I pre that made my day. Everybody, let's give her a hand. <laughs> All right, let me give this last one and, and then I'll wrap it up. Let's talk about a watchdog. We've got a lot of watchdogs in the midst of the church. Hey, watchdog. Man broke into a house one night. I mean, you might know this. His goal was to take he was a thief. His goal was to take something small and valuable like a diamond. While he was searching through the stuff, he heard the small voices. Jesus is watching. He stopped for a moment and said to himself, that must be the voice of Pastor Drake or my Sunday school teacher. So it continued. About five minutes later, once again, he heard the voice again. Jesus watching. Turned. Flashlight that was coming. Landed on a parrot. Looked at the parrot. He says, Who are you? Parrot replied, Moses. Robert said, What kind of silly person would name their parrot Moses? Parrot looked up the same people named Jesus. Sick him! But if you think about it with the watchdog, these are the people. The church that are proud and they're watching everybody. And they'll they'll tell you the first 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 people to walk up, you know, Jesus is watching. 
Ever felt that way, right? It's holier now. Watching everything, judging everybody. Watch dogs. Now, we, we protection, but we're not talking about a dog spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. And yeah, we are to be protective, but there's people that are over. They're overly protective. Watch dogs. Let me say as Paul said, watch them. Folks, as I wrap up here, you know, it is commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit and not a dog. There's a lot of habits I uncovered, uh, a lot of different dispositions that we can look at. Teenagers, I really want you to listen to this because you're responsible now. You're, you have a conscience. You make a decision, and adults, we make a decision not to live by a dog. That's from the enemy. That's from a different belief system, the world system. That's from a worldview that will get you nowhere when it comes to being fulfilled. It will get you nowhere except for chasing happiness, like a dog chases its tail. It will get you nowhere with success. I guarantee it in the long run. Lock on to uh, the divine worldview. Understand what that is through Jesus. So that you then can be in the Holy Spirit. When you come into the room, when you come in and connect with other people and their experience, you're going to be a blessing. Somebody that comes in the room and they want to be by you, next to you. Because you don't have a dog spirit. Because you have the Holy bringing us all the way back around. Command is honor marriage. The bigger picture of what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about honor all relationships in the commandment of God, the great commandment. Let's make a decision today to be that person. Let's be like Christ through His grace and His truth, where we can then develop in a way that's going to produce fruit, a thing that produces the world. Ending where we began, Matthew 19.6. Therefore, God has joined together. Let no one separate through His Spirit. Amen? Amen. There's the message. Big people are loyal to the Master.